Are you looking for a new podcast that talks about, well, everything? If so, you might want to try out my new podcast, Because I Want to Know. The show where I get into people's heads and discuss how the choices in their lives have affected them. We could be talking about anything from true crime, the paranormal, or, I don't know, metal detecting. I'm going to get into the nitty-gritty of what makes people do what they do. A kind of stalking you just can't do on Facebook. So join me each Monday as I sit down and have a chat with some amazing and fascinating guests going through seemingly ordinary lives. Alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. And welcome to the 72nd annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. How's the weather treating you? Oh, you know, it's just fucking hot as hell, just like every other day. It's been over 115 for about three weeks now, so <laughs> starting to melt a little. You know what's, what's funny? I'm already starting to get PTSD about the snow coming. It's August. We still got probably, I don't know, two months, three months, maybe. Uh, but I just am like, oof, it's just around the goddamn corner. Yeah, I couldn't even fucking imagine. Like, <laughs> I am I'm so ready for below 100 degree weather, but it's not for another month or two. I mean, yeah, I guess when does the when's the perfect month start in Arizona? I would say perfect for me starts at the end of September, the beginning of October. Because that's when it really gets into the 90s. Okay. Here. All right. 90s, high 80s. So you're almost there. Yep. We're getting close. Just but, a month away. But anyway, you wanted to speak on the promo that you heard at the beginning of this episode. Yes. So as everyone who was listening to this has just heard, there is a great show out there called Because I Want to Know. Cody was on that show a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to be on that show in a couple weeks. So watch out for that and give her a listen. Uh, it's a great show. Yeah, you can find out a little bit more about uh, us and our podcast and all that good stuff. Find out a little bit more about your host. It's a, a very good show, so check her out. Make sure to leave her a review. Obviously, leave us a review as well. So all that good stuff. Now, Phil, I wanted to, we spoke briefly about it last week, about the Pentagon apparently acknowledging ufos correct yes now i wanted to look a little deeper into it and apparently here's what i find interesting apparently they claim they had the the unidentified aerial phenomenon task force that operates under the u.s office of naval intelligence correct now they claim that it stopped in 2012 but apparently that report claims that they are still doing it they're still I get looking for them or reporting that, I, you know, I don't really know. Here's what I was wondering. Does this, if they're saying this, d 
does this throw a huge wrench in the fact that we think that the government is operating with the UFOs? Like maybe they don't actually know anything about them? Not at all. Um, really, I think what a lot of people believe, just like with the space program, there is a public face to these government programs, and then there is very much a private face. So what the government tells us is that they stopped, what was it, uh, Project Blue Book? They stopped that a long time ago, they claimed. They also claim that they stopped this program, but who knows what's really going on in the background. Well, I, I know there's a lot of, like, some people believe that initially when, say, Roswell and all that stuff started happening, that they assumed instantly that humans, or I guess the human population, wasn't ready for UFOs quite yet. So that's why they they started the disinformation programs to cover them up. But now they think maybe that was a mistake and they should have just been open about it the entire time. Like, I've heard that belief or heard, I think I've heard that from somewhere. I don't know. What do you feel about that? I have heard that disclosure was like really like a, a process taken in stages. And basically what I've kind of seen on like some videos and read in some articles is the fact that if they came out and had full disclosure today, it would be one of those things where everyone's just like, yeah, of course we already knew <laughs> what, you know, it wouldn't like if they had been like fully disclosed, say back in 1947, everyone would have flipped their shit because they had no prior experience or no prior, let's say knowledge or hearing about maybe something fishy that was coming out of the government, hearing about all these leaks. We are so accustomed to leaks now. We're so accustomed to believing that the government's lying to us. We've had, what, two, three generations who have grown up believing that aliens actually do exist. So the if you really think about it, the generation that was adults back in 1940s, their generation is dying out right now. So there's almost no one who would be really, really surprised if alien disclosure came to our generation. And I think that's kind of what they've been waiting for, is that generation that was adults who were formerly running things back in the 40s and 50s to die off, the greatest generation to die off. Well, I mean, most of them have to be gone, because if that was the 50s, they would be, if they were born in 1950, they would be, what, 70 years old today? So, Yeah, gotta... and if they were 30 in 1950, they would be like, oh, or... If they were 30 in the 40s and 50s, they would be in their 90s, 100s right now. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Most people outside of the Queen of England don't really live that long. Yeah, well, she's got that good uh, reptilian DNA. So It's all that adrenochrome and the hats. and Oh, definitely. The hats, especially. Maybe and that, the adrenochrome. Maybe the hat actually has, like, tubes coming out of it that go into her brain that just constantly are pumping adrenochrome in her. <laughs> it's just a bladder full of child blood just in her hat <laughs> pumping straight into her i it was funny because i mentioned because we we just released the uh albert fish part two episode and for those who don't know about that he's basically a cannibal serial killer and he he definitely was drinking kids blood right and i was joking i'm like he is one of the ugliest creepiest men on the planet and he actually confirmed to be drinking children's blood while he was torturing them, and he is not a young man at all. So I don't know if that theory holds any ground at all. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so I actually did listen to part one. I've told you this before. I listened to it at work on a little Bluetooth speaker that I have. And I'm thinking if uh, part two, I might just listen to that one at home. Yeah, that, that one's I, the more bad one. Yeah, my my oh, the part two's worse. My poor neighbors had to at work had to hear all of the uh, blood and guts of that one. So, <laughs> hey, maybe they're true crime fans. You never know. I don't think so. <laughs> well, anyway, Phil, why don't I let you take us into this week's subject or conspiracy, whatever you want to call it? All right. Well, this week I happen to have found a really interesting series of articles that makes some very odd claims. And it surrounds a topic that I have always found very, very interesting. Now, the topic of today's episode is actually believed at some level by over a billion people, if not more. And the internet is chocked full of claims supporting its realities. Okay, so what are we talking about then? Well, let me ask you really quick. Have you ever heard that some people believe that they are not only reincarnated from someone of the past, but that, in fact, their past life is that of a famous person or historical figure. I have definitely heard rumors of this. I think, uh, wasn't there an Unsolved Mysteries episode about this? I think so. I, I haven't seen him for so long. but <laughs> I've been kind of wanting to, like, re-watch him, but then I remember how crappy our video quality is from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> yes, yeah, they, uh... I do remember watching, I think I've seen pretty much every single UFO one because my older brother was such a big fan of all the UFO conspiracies. Hell yeah, those are the best ones. Yeah, I know he had them all burned on those old, the VCR cassette tapes. So. <laughs> are we, I was just joking about that. You know the movie Blade Runner? Yeah. Yeah, so it's supposed to be 2019 and because <laughs> I just... <laughs> Watch, finished watching it from start to finish a few days ago and like the TDK, which I think was the VHS company, was like all over the place. And obviously they are, I'm pretty sure, gone. They're like they're off, wiped off the face of the earth. Oh, yeah. I remember a lot of those old movies. Laserdisc was going to be the big thing. Oh, yeah. Even that Catholic school that we went to, they had invested big money in Laserdisc players for all the tvs and i don't think they used them after that first year you you mean like the um the big ones yeah okay the big ass cds yep i have a uh copy of natural born killers on one of those oh wow it, yeah it's uh i only bought it for that reason you know because i used to love that movie i mean i guess they still do but uh finding it was quite a gem yeah you'd have to go to a museum to find a player for that thing <laughs> So a man by the name of Walter Simkew claims to have researched the topic of reincarnation since 1995 and has given speeches around the world and also written many books, including Return of the Revolutionaries, The Case for Reincarnation and Soul Groups Reunited in 2003, and Born Again, Reincarnation Cases Involving Evidence of Past Lives with Xenoglossy Cases Researched by Ian Stevenson, MD, in 2011, which is a great title for a book, by the way. Really I jumped off the pages. Of. I, I just want to say this about Mr. Walter. He needs to have a little bit more self-awareness when he calls something soul groups reunited. Like, literally, that should be like a an R&B like music C groups. Yeah, CD yeah. collection or something. 
Yeah, definitely. He, I don't think he has much awareness because one of his is titled Born Again. The first thing you think of when Born Again is Christians, the Christian groups down south. Yeah, the old, uh, I'll just hit restart on my life button. Yeah, no, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is okay. He just hit the button for me, so I'm all good now. <laughs> is Xenoglossy, what, is that a specific term for this or... I have no idea what the word xenoglossy means. Huh. Interesting. Okay, so do you, are we going to talk about does Mr. Walter claim to be Napoleon or something like that? Well, I'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. But basically, the part about the revolutionaries is pretty important from that first book title that I mentioned. <laughs> okay. So in an interview from the Past Lives podcast, Simon Bowne interviews Walter who claims that just as the American Revolution took power away from the British monarchy, new beliefs in reincarnation will transform the world in a major way and transfer power and responsibilities away from religion to the individuals, and that a person will have to atone for what they have done in this life in future reincarnations down the line. Okay, so he's saying... So this is... Kind of similar to a Buddhist belief, correct? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of um, kind of like the Hindu belief of like reincarnation, atoning for your past lives, mistakes made in your past lives. Well, I mean, is is it Hindu or Buddha that Buddhist that basically you work your whole life to reach um, nirvana or nirvana. whatever? I believe it's Hindu. Yeah. Is it Hindu? And you have to keep trying over and over and over and over again yeah and if you're really bad then you get pushed back to being like a grasshopper or something like that something really bad and then obviously scientology right you have to uh, what do they call the little things you gotta fix from thetans. your thetans from your past thetans. life you gotta fix of course it costs money to fix them but uh you oh, gotta yeah. fix them it's a religion after all <laughs> yeah so one of the one of the things he kind of really like during that podcast interview was talking about was that someone in one life could have a belief that they are wholeheartedly fighting for say they are jews fighting for israel or muslims fighting for palestine they might enter into another life where they're on the opposite side of the coins so like he gives the examples jews versus muslims muslims versus christians you know all of these religions all of these crowns that people are fighting for throughout history they might have fought for one side and then were born again and fought for the other side so he's saying once everyone kind of figures out about reincarnation all of these walls are going to fall down that's what he means when he's talking about taking power away from the religions and the monarchies okay i see so basically it's like the green bay packers fan base before Brett Favre arrived and after Brett Favre, or I should say after Aaron <laughs> Rodgers retires, like the number, the people are going to be switching sides. Yeah. Back to being a Vikings or a Bears fan. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So basically now is he saying that <laughs> when you switch sides in life, is that supposed to help you? I don't, I guess, is he like, you just are, fighting for both either sides of the battle here let's say and is there an ultimate goal for once you complete both of those or is it just that's how balance of life is 
No, you're basically just trying. It's almost like he kind of puts it like this. It's almost like you're on a mission in your body that you get put into. You're on this mission to atone for mistakes from the past and try to fix things that you may have screwed up in a past lifetime. Whatever you happen to be fighting for during that lifetime or whatever, whatever, let's say whatever nation you belong to in one lifetime compared to another doesn't really matter. That's what he's getting into. Okay, I see what you're saying. All right, so he he's not necessarily saying there's an end goal, like, say, reaching Nirvana. There's just... Oh, there is. It's oh, there reaching is. reaching the highest level. So I'll, I'll get into it a little bit later, but it's you're basically trying to reach the highest level in the spiritual plane. And he gives the examples, uh, well, I'll talk about them later on, but it's Jesus, Buddha, all of these high, high up people from the past that we think of, including people from pre-record, like prehistory, there's a lot of these ascended beings who are kind of in the spiritual plane, who are the highest levels. Got you. Okay. All right. Yeah. And it's, there's one who he claims is his teacher. So we'll get into that too. Uh, okay. <laughs> so when I heard him speaking about the shift in religion on the Past Lives podcast, uh, it kind of made me think about really something that I've been interested in for a long time, which is the end of the age of Pisces and the age of Pisces is associated with the founding of Christianity. Pisces being the fish is just, you know, Jesus. It's that sign you see on the back of everyone's bumper. Okay. All right. Before then was the Ram, which was associated with Moses and the Hebrew religion. Now what's coming after Pisces. And we are supposedly in the shift between Pisces and Aquarius which is our next astrological alignment. The symbol Aquarius is represented by the water bearer dumping water out of one jug and into another. I really thought about the symbolism there and the soul moving from one vessel into another. Now, it could possibly represent the change to a reincarnation-based religion like Hindu, uh, which could dominate the world. And like, there's a lot of people who are already really getting into yoga that, so it, that, it's kind of seeping its way in. That is actually a very valid point. Um, so wouldn't that have to mean that we should have a prophet for one of the religions right now if he's taking Moses in one and then Jesus in another? Yes. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure exactly like what form the prophet would take Like in this day and age. Maybe it could be some 13-year-old on Twitch who sends, sends us <laughs> over, you know? <laughs> And who knows? It could be anybody. It could it be. Could, it could be this guy. It it could be. It could be the uh, most flexible woman in California who is a yoga instructor. We don't know. Definitely. Uh, I was I was gonna say I don't know who would be the problem in today's age is anybody who calls himself a prophet is gonna get roasted into oblivion on on social media. So uh, I don't know if we could even take them serious anymore. Like we don't. I feel like today's generation a lot less people will fall for trickery kind of like that. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence about that one because I really think that in your mind, because you're a skeptical person who really thinks about shit, you think that people won't fall for that. But you're only thinking through like your mind. You really got to, there's a wide spectrum of but people it, w- out there who w- will fall for bullshit. But there's a lot less of them than there was, say, 2,000 years ago or whatever when Jesus was allegedly alive or dead. Oh, yeah. There's a lot more 
a lot of people have a lot more information now. They're more informed. They can make a better decision. But there's also still gullible people out there who will fall for just about anything. Mm. I mean, con men are still in business for a reason. I know. I Obviously, nobody knows the exact truth about Jesus or anything. But in my opinion, uh, I could definitely see him being just exceedingly charismatic for the time period and being able to tell people what whatever, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't want to compare him to Adolf Hitler, but essentially that's how Hitler conned all these people to follow him was he's very charismatic and a good leader. And there's there's a lot of those people in the world. Well, who's that doctor who put the goat testicle into people's legs to give them more stamina? <laughs> Dr. Brinkley. Dr. Brinkley. There's guys like him, too. I yeah. mean, Jesus could have been a Dr. Brinkley type person who was just an who's just a grade A con man. You know, he's a regular old David Copperfield. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So Walter also runs the reincarnation research website, which is where I got most of my information for today's topic. It's the articles that I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Okay. Now, SimQ authors many of the series of articles in the website, and many of them follow famous people who he believes has lived a past life as another famous person or historical figure. Okay, so celebra- like celebrities are on this site. Yeah, he compares pictures of celebrities with celebrities from the past or historical figures. Uh, there's not going to be much pop for some regular guy who is descended from some other regular guy. So. Very true. Like that picture of uh, Nicolas Cage now and that picture of Nicolas Cage from like 1850. Yeah, he doesn't really do that kind of stuff, <laughs> but that's the uh, people who think that Nicolas Cage is immortal. Well, that, I'm, one of, I'm so. one of them. I'm one of yeah, them. Yeah, me too. So let me get into this really quick. Some of the characteristics that he states for reincarnation are physical resemblance. And this follows that the soul from the previous body carries with it a physical resemblance into the new body. And that you can see these physical resemblances from the past lives' faces in the faces of the individuals of their new life. Now, he believes that the soul projects an energy template that manipulates the features of the new body. And that this template can also transfer characteristics and talents of the past lives, personalities, and even birthmarks, which were a result from previous wounds that the previous reincarnations suffered during their lives. Who is the main star of Boardwalk Empire? Oh, God, it is... Mm, <laughs> God, well, I was, he's the most famous B-actor on Earth. He's I was, like top-notch Well, what, what I was going to say is, if he is sharing a resemblance of whoever he was in the past, that guy was an ugly son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, he does. He's Steve, had a great career. Those, Steve Bou- those little checks. Steve Buscemi. Steve yeah. Buscemi. Yeah, he's he might share. He might have been actually like some sort of varmint in a previous <laughs> life because he's got those really big eyes. Maybe an owl. Maybe he used a to be possum. an owl. Yeah, an opossum. Maybe a possum. <laughs> yeah, he definitely. It's easier to name movies during the 90s and early 2000s that he wasn't in than naming ones that he was in. He was just in everything. I don't think he's a bad actor, though. No, he's a good actor. It's just, honestly, it's 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 probably just the 
like his his face. Yeah, he's, which, got he's an awesome actor. It's just he's not the leading man, you know. No, he's type. he just uh, he he just has a face only a mother could love. Yeah, proud of him though. I mean, yeah, absolutely. From one ugly guy to another, he's he's living it. So good for him. <laughs> so another characteristic of reincarnation is predetermination, and this is that your life is predestined. And your life plan is set out in front of you when you were born. And during that life, though, you have free will. And you can choose to live out that set life plan in any way that you choose. And he gives the example of a person going on a business trip. Now, when you go on that business trip, your agenda on that trip is set out in front of you. But you can accomplish the goals of the business trip in any way that you see fit. So this kind of leans into like simulation theory, kind of, right? A little bit, yeah. You're in a... Well, you're predetermined, you know, whatever. Yeah, everything is predetermined, but you can move anywhere that you want to, but you're going to the same place kind of situation. Hmm. Okay, interesting. So let's say it's a Friday night. I'm deciding that I would enjoy a Taco Bell meal whatever but i'm starting to driveway drive there and then i'm like you know what why don't i go to chipotle instead so my goal was mexican food but i altered my path so i went to chipotle instead of taco bell both were bad choices (laughs) but yes i mean i guess kind of changing your mind between taco bell and chipotle i know this isn't your example how you were giving it but like kind of what I was thinking, changing your mind between Taco Bell and Chipotle is not going to change like this predetermined life that you're supposed to have. It's just a minor choice, but you're still going to end up in the same like end result. What if you happen to run into your potential spouse there? I guess that's a good point, but that's mm. also not really that important because there's another part of this that I'm going to get into in uh probably 10 minutes, but I'll just kind of touch on it now. He also claims that your soul like searches out the same kind of people or souls that your soul had searched out in previous lives. Okay. All right. Okay. I suppose that makes sense. So even though you're like, even though your say wife or husband or friends, family, whatever, say, even though they weren't predetermined necessarily, it's almost like you keep finding the same people. Like, I think there was a movie about, I believe it was Mark Antony and Cleopatra. They kept finding each other throughout, like, generation after generation of reincarnations. They would keep either being in a relationship or being friends or whatnot. They are always tied together, one of those things. Or, like, the uh, the documentary The Mummy. Uh, yes. The one girl is technically a reincarnation of the main mummy woman he's in love with he's trying to raise yep and uh basically those two just keep kind of like finding each other Mm. or being yeah Hmm. pretty much okay yeah i suppose it makes sense so walter simq's journey began on a business trip in honolulu where he had heard a voice telling him to study the lifetime of adams and when he began to do some research into john adams he realized that not only did he share the same physical resemblance as the Founding Father, but also that he had many of the same personality characteristics as John Adams. And during his research, 
he began to realize that members of his family were also descended from the family and friends of John Adams. <sighs> Did he have to pick such a high-profile person? Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, obviously, pretty skeptical. I'm going to have problems with a lot of this. But <laughs> immediately when the guy who's doing the research also believes that he's someone important, it would be a little bit better if he went to a psychic psychic told him, oh, yeah, you were just some farmer for like eight generations, and then you were a whore. You can just be like, oh, okay, so he's not he's not churching himself up, you know. Oh, yeah. No, sir. You definitely were John Adams in a previous life. It's just you weren't that John Adams. You were John Adams, the stable boy who used to inseminate horses in the uh, in the 1400s. <laughs> yeah. <Aww>, OK. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, sir. You were someone important. You were John Madison. Oh, you don't like John Madison. You were maybe John Adams. Oh, that's better. OK. Yeah, there you go. You were John Adams. <laughs> Oh boy! Or did I say John Madison? Yeah, I meant James, James Madison. Madison. Yeah, I meant yeah. James Madison. Ah, John was stuck in my head. The best running back for the University of Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a little fuck up on me. I'll just leave it in there. That's fine. So this research led Sim Q to many psychics until he met Kevin Ryerson in 2001. Now Kevin Ryerson is a trance channel, which means that he goes into a psychic state or trance. And can allow spirits to speak through him. I'm just going to throw this out there, Phil. See if you catch on. Ned. Ned Ryerson. <laughs> <laughs> Groundhog's Day. See, yeah. in a previous life, he Kevin Ryerson was actually Ned Ryerson in that movie. Yeah. Very punchable uh, <laughs> character. Okay. The actor is a pretty good actor, but yeah, the, yeah. the character. Okay, so so Kevin is essentially... I forget what they call that type of psychic. Is it a, a clairvoyant? No. Is it? Well, he called, like, SimQ in the article said that he is a trance channel. That's the name of whatever his brand of psychic ability is. But I've always kind of heard it being called, like, either a vessel or something like that. Something that allows a spirit to speak through them. Yeah, well, that's why I thought it was a medium. Maybe it's a medium or a clairvoyant. I don't know. I know there's like different types of psychics or whatever. You know, it's not like Mewtwo. It's like, I don't know, whatever possesses them. Mr. Mime. Yeah, Mr. Mime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is, you see this a lot on movies where the psychic who, usually the psychic in these movies are, the, everyone is full of shit, but then all of a sudden like the ghost will enter the psychic and then they'll actually think that they are psychic. It's kind of like an 80s trope from like, Type of movie like Ghost or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think everybody knows kind of what you're the type of thing you're talking about. Yeah. So now this is where things really start to get a little wonky. So during one of these trances, Walter claims to have spoken to a spirit called Atun Ray, who inhabited the body of Kevin Ryerson. He claimed to be an ascended spirit who last inhabited human form over 3,000 years ago in the body of a Nubian Egyptian who was a high priest and advisor for the pharaoh Akhenaten. So basically, he was the Ned Ryerson of ancient Egypt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was uh, that movie Coneheads. He was the David Spade character. He was I... just the, the kiss-ass who held the, the staff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's yeah. the what's the pharaoh's name? How do you pronounce that? Akhenaten. 
<laughs> I could just see uh, this this ancient priestess going in. He's like Pharaoh, Pharaoh Akhenaten, <laughs> every <laughs> single day. <laughs> like, what do you want, Aten Ray? Get out of here. He just throws an axe at him every single morning when he walks in the door. But again, he's talking to, I'm assuming, someone of importance in Nubian Egypt or whatever. Yeah, so this person uh, was a high priest in ancient Egypt for this pharaoh. And after this life, Atun Rey ascended into that highest plane that of the spirit realm, which we were talking about before. So what the hell's he been doing for 3,000 years? So Atun Ray claimed that he now watches over the spirit plane, and Walter Simcue claims that Atun Ray has access to the Akashic record, which definitely will be getting its own future episode. So there's a belief that there's this galactic, like a, it's almost like an encyclopedia of information that certain people have been able to get a hold of information. It's a... Uh, they think that maybe Tesla had access to this. They think that Nostradamus had access to this. There's like, it's a, it's kind of a bigger, bigger thing. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, definitely cover that in the future. Cause that sounds pretty fucking nuts. Yeah. It's on the history channel all the time. <laughs> okay. That's where I've heard from it. Did someone try to sell it on Pawn Stars? Is that what happened? <laughs> Possibly. I can only give but... you 20 bucks, man. So that's <laughs> I was about to say that shit. <laughs> this is the Akasha record. It's the wealth of knowledge from the past, present, and future. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, 120 bucks. That's is it. it. That's the I, best got, I, can do. I got to call in my Akashi record expert. <laughs> see what he tells me. Make sure this is real. You got the paperwork for it? <laughs> uh, I don't think so, man. Signed by... Our creator of the universe. Okay, I guess it's legit. Yeah. How much is it worth? Well, it's worth $20 billion. <laughs> oh, I want $20 billion. That's not really how this works. <laughs> I'll give you 50 bucks and Chum, Chum Lee will lick your asshole. How about that? <laughs> as long as you've got meth. <laughs> yeah. Now, Atun Ray claims that he has that access. And with this universal mind... He can tell you from which persons in history that you were reincarnated from. And that takes us in to the meat of this episode. Hell yeah. Now, have you ever heard of the man named General George S. Patton? Okay, is he a former adult film star? Not exactly, but <laughs> possibly. You never know with uh, some of those old... He, he's reincarnated as one. Yeah. So one person that sought out SimQ was a man named James McCall, who claimed to be the reincarnation of General George Patton. SimQ was skeptical that McCall and Patton were connected, as the two didn't necessarily look alike, as when you see their pictures next to each other, which I will post on Instagram. <laughs> okay. Uh, I kind of got this idea when I first saw it. So General George Patton and James McCall's likenesses end after you notice that they are both white and male. Actually, their military pictures, when placed next to each other, kind of look like an 80s movie where Patton is the rich bully and James McCall is the quirky nerd who's trying to fuck Patton's girlfriend. Okay, all right. So you're saying McCulley is not quite as manly, I guess, for the time period as Patton was. No, SimQ, in his explanation of how McCall and Patton don't really look like each other. He's, he claims that McCall is a little bit more portly than how, like, the slender, like, athletic Patton was. 
I thought Patton was a chunky boy. Well, not in the face. Oh, he was okay. skinny in the face. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that was later on in life. In his youth, he was really thin. Mm, okay. These are pictures of the two as teenagers put next to each other. Okay, gotcha. Yes. So according to Octoon Ray, speaking through Kevin Dyerson, McCall is reincarnated from Patton, and that McCall's calling to work with special needs children is a way for Patton's spirit to reconcile with the famous incident when Patton slapped a shell-shocked soldier in a field hospital in Sicily who had been previously diagnosed with psychoneurosis. And the soldier claimed that his nerves would no longer allow him to continue the fight on the front lines. This incident, which is pretty much the most famous thing from Patton's career, actually almost ended his career. And this is the explanation that Atun Ray gave for the difference in career field that Patton and McCall had. As McCall did not go into military service at all after his ROTC days. Interesting. Okay. Well, I, I, I don't, I seems like a lot of red strings being attached here. I mean, maybe he believes it, but, uh, I don't, do you think Patton would have slapped him if he actually knew what like PTSD and all that was? Well, I mean, this is getting into the old mindset. You got to remember Patton was brought up during the, I believe it was the early 1900s, late 1800s. So it was a very much different time back when he first started his soldiering compared to like during even World War II. So during, say, the Spanish-American War of 1898, you wouldn't have been reprimanded for slapping a soldier who claimed to not have the guts to go on the front line anymore or the nerve. But during World War II, there was a lot more news coverage and you really couldn't get away with something like that. And it was also a different time, obviously. What, okay, so it's World War One. they called it war fatigue, right? World War Two, they called it, is it shell-shocked? And then in Vietnam, they called it something else. I think it was shell-shock in World War One because of trench warfare and all of the artillery shells that were falling around the trenches. That's when people, they like started calling it shell-shocked, I believe. But- in one of them, they call it war fatigue. Like that, I remember Adam knows more about it, but he's like, they keep changing the name of PTSD. So like people, it seemed like they didn't know what it was. Kind of like a thing to get rid of the stigma. Yeah. How they hit oh, okay. it kind of. Yeah. Because I know there was a big stigma in World War One of if a soldier was fleeing the front lines because of shell shock, there was an officer standing behind them to shoot them in the head. To keep them from fleeing, keep people from fleeing the front line. Jesus. Okay, now I got a question here. So if McCall is General Patton and he's trying to make up for his mistakes of the past, what is McCall doing about General Patton stealing all the gold from the Nazis? I have no idea about that one. I did not mention that in the article. That's a good conspiracy, actually, that uh, Patton, after, you know, uh, they got, or the Russians got Hitler and everything that Patton made off with all their gold. All of the Nazi gold. Yeah, and that's why. That's kind of dis- or that's kind that? of why America got so fucking rich after it. Oh yeah. Well, that's kind of disgusting because a lot of that Nazi gold was in tooth form. Well, maybe 
I I mean, that's a conspiracy, so maybe we'll have to wait and cover that another day. But, uh, yeah, that's a big, uh, big thing, a big rumor I've heard. I know that a lot of the art and museum artifacts that the Nazis were hiding were redistributed back to museums and, like, the rightful owners, the collections. So, except for the Nazis. The ones that the Nazis owned got redistributed to, like, allied museums. Oh, okay. So, in fact, Patton believed wholeheartedly that he was himself reincarnated from soldiers throughout history. And here's a list of the reincarnations. It's not a complete list, but here's a list of some of the reincarnations that Patton believed he came from. So in a poem that Patton wrote named Through a Glass Darkly, Patton described being a Greek hoplite fighting for Alexander at the Battle of Tyre. And he was fighting the Persians under the command of the Persian leader Darius. Now, the Battle of Tyre is very famous Macedonian battle in which the forces under Alexander had to build a land bridge to the island of Tyre to storm the city walls. Now, the city of Tyre gave Alexander so much trouble that he either killed everyone inside the city or sold them all into slavery. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if that's 100% true, but that is kind of like the mythos that surrounds the end of that battle. Okay. Now, the island of Tyre is a peninsula today, and that's because of the buildup of sediment along where the land bridge was built. Interesting. Okay. And now you're saying that when Patton was alive, he believed all of these, he was a reincarnation of all of these people. No, just one soldier, just one Greek hoplite. No, but I'm saying all the examples you're giving. Oh, yes. All the examples that I'm giving. This yeah. long list of examples. He believed that he was a soldier fighting during these times. Wow. Okay. So he he's pretty important throughout history then if we believe this. Yeah. The funny thing is a lot of these reincarnations aren't really of like extremely important people. Like he never really claims to be like Napoleon. He never really claims to be Caesar himself. He's always a knight, a soldier, a hoplite, a Viking raider, something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. Lends a little more credence to it in my mind. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you there. So Patton once had a vision that he fought for the Romans against the Parthians in the Middle East. And in his vision, he claimed that he was wounded and then killed by a number of arrows in his neck. Ooh, that probably hurt. Yeah, definitely. So another uh, reincarnation. After a horse had kicked Patton and broke his leg in three places as a young man, Patton had a vision that he had died on the battlefield fighting as a Viking. And that after his death, he had a vision come to him and offer to take his spirit to Valhalla, the Viking afterlife. Okay, that's that's kind of metal. I'm going to give him that one. That is pretty fucking sweet how you <laughs> if you have a vision that you died and then after you died you had a vision that some kind of like I don't know exactly if it was a ghost or a spirit or an angel but whatnot came and offered to take him to Valhalla. Yeah, I know the name of them. What the hell are they called? They're like Viking angels. God, why can't I think the Valkyr, right? The Valkyrie? Valkyrie, Val- Valkyrie? Valkyrie yeah. Something along those lines. That's fucking awesome. That <laughs> would be a great hallucination to have, honestly. <laughs> well, here's a quote. Why didn't he go there? 
Well, no, that was just. Oh yeah, good point. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of beer and hairy men and ladies everywhere, or whatever you're looking at, whatever you're into, whatever you want to get freaky up there. There's plenty of that probably. So there is. Uh, it's kind of a part I'm going to go into a tiny bit later, but there is time between the spirit weaving one body and then coming into a new baby. So there is a time period between. So maybe that Viking just believed that the spirit realm was Valhalla. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. I'm I just suppose. making like conjecture on that. I don't, I don't know, but I know that according to SimQ, there's time between death and rebirth. Got you. Okay. Yeah. I suppose that makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not him. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just basically speculating. speaking what he wrote, so. Yeah. Speculating, yeah. yeah. He also believed to be a French knight fighting under King Edward III against the English at the Battle of Crecy. The Battle of Crecy happened in 1346 and was a flat-out victory for the English, and Patton claimed that he had died at the end of an English lance. So he's he's kind of dying in horrible ways here. Yeah, he definitely dies on the battle. In all the examples given that I found, he dies in horrible ways on the battlefield. Okay, well, okay. So in his poem that I mentioned before, Patton refers to riding with Marat, in which he describes his past life as an aide to Marshal Joachim Marat. And Joachim Marat fought in the Napoleonic Wars, serving Napoleon on the French side. I mean, okay, so wouldn't that be opposing, though, if he fought with the French twice? Isn't he supposed to then, if he fought for the French, well, in this guy's belief, if he was to be fighting for the French and die to an English person, shouldn't he then be an English person fighting for the French? Well, you got to remember, too, it doesn't matter to the spirit realm. Gotcha. Okay. What nation, religion, whatnot, it's all just nonsense to them. That's just what the ants are fighting each other over. Oh, they don't really care about that. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So while he was leaving North Africa to invade Sicily, British General Sir Harold Alexander told Patton that if he had lived in the 18th century, Napoleon would have made him a marshal, to which Patton replied, but I did. Really? So he, so... he believed it. And there's record of him talking to people saying this kind of stuff. I'm actually like really surprised because I assume from, you know, the time period when Patton lived and in the military and all that, that he wouldn't have been talking about anything but Christianity, nothing else besides that. Yeah, really, you would think that you would lose your commission if you were talking all of this stuff to a superior. If a superior officer heard you talking about all of the reincarnations that you had from past lives, they would just kind of sweep you out of the military. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's really interesting, actually. Yeah. I mean, I have, honestly, before this past week, I've never heard of any of this stuff about Patton. And I'm a huge history person, especially World War II, so well, it's he, pretty crazy to he, hear this. He, maybe he only told it to, like, his closest confidants. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not well-known, but it is known. So mm. it's it's one of those things where it's not exactly taught in the history books. Well, Patton, we still want to know what you did with the gold, okay? That's true, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so there are stories of Patton seeming to know his way around European cities and towns that he had never been to before. And during World War I, Patton was offered a tour of the town of 
Langris, France, which is an ancient Roman city in France. But Patton then said that he knew his way around the town, offering him a tour around the city, showing him where the amphitheater was, the forum, and the Temple of Mars and Apollo, and even showing the French officer where Caesar had one pit had once pitched his tent and the location of an old military drill field, even though there was no present indication about where most of these buildings were. Patton then told the officer that he had served under Julius Caesar's 10th Legion, which, I mean, you could imagine, surprised the fuck out of that French officer. I Absolutely. Now, I'm assuming when you said he showed him where Caesar once pitched a tent, I'm assuming you're not meaning that he showed him a spot where Caesar got a boner one time. Yeah, I expected you to say that, but I, I typed it in like that anyway. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, he meant put up his tent to sleep in. Yeah, yeah exactly. I just envisioned Patton being like, well, I Julius Caesar got a boner over here once. I can confirm that. I know for sure he did. Like, yeah, why is that? It. it was magnificent. Yeah. Rock hard. They got it pushed his little uh, Roman dress apart and his boner stuck right out. <laughs> oh, God. So in the article, James McCall also stated that he remembers his life as a spirit before he was born and claims that as a preschooler, he remembers having visions of being guided by another spirit to look at the possible families that his spirit could join and recalls seeing his paternal grandfather who died eight months before James was born. And we haven't talked about him in a bit, but James McCall was the person claiming to be Patton. Patton. Mm. And he's the special education teacher. Now, so according to him in the spirit world, there's almost like realtors. We're kind of like showing you different humans you might go into. I think of them more as like timeshare. (laughs) People who sell (laughs) timeshares. This baby right here going to grow up and I'm going to tell you, you're going to do great things. You can do great things in this body, man. I promise you. They're pushy. You don't really want to buy it. You know, you feel like you're kind of conned into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if they they showed him and it's like goddamn Gary Busey is a baby like, look, <laughs> you're going to have a lot of fun, but you're going to be looking a little rough by the age of 45. But I'm telling you, up to that point, you're going to be having a blast. No, dude, I swear to God, you're going to be famous. You're going to fuck a lot of chicks. It's going to be great. Don't ask what you look like. Just don't ask how many drugs you do. Just it's a lot, but you're going to have a lot of fun doing them. You ever heard of the movie Rookie of the Year? Yeah, you're going to be starring in it, buddy. (laughs) I'm telling you, buddy, somebody's got to put on this pair of pants. They're not clean and we don't know where they've been, but somebody's got to put them on. (laughs) So James also recalls not wanting to enter human form, just like we were just saying, Mm -hmm. but knew that he had to return eventually and that the spirit needed to return to the world to perform a mission, though he couldn't quite recall what the exact mission was for himself. Well, I guess, I mean, technically, I guess it's kind of the thing about it you kind of forget all of this shit when you go into a body right exactly yeah it's really in the whole reincarnation there's a kind of a question of why doesn't everyone remember being reincarnated the fact of it is like supposedly i suppose not quite the fact 
that even people who remember their reincarnations don't remember everything from their reincarnations and they don't remember really the time between. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So forgetting something like pre birth is pretty understandable. Like your mission on earth. Mm, okay. So when Simkyu asked Atun Ray about people being able to remember past lives, Atun Ray claimed that it was a psychic gift to be able to recall past lives and that not everyone possesses this gift. Atun Ray also told SimQ that Patton had a split spirit and that Patton's spirit was also reincarnated in the form of Marine General James Mad Dog Mattis. <laughs> the former Secretary of Defense and General Patton have many similar physical and mental characteristics, being that they are both students of military leadership and the lessons of previous wars. Atun Ray also told SimQ that another past life of Mattis and Patton was that of the Carthag Carthaginian leader Hannibal Barca, who was a brilliant military strategist uh, who fought in a losing effort against the Romans during the Second Punic War. So that is, I guess, the famous person that Patton came from was Hannibal Barca. He's the big dog. Okay. Well, we're kind of missing in that list. The... My thing is, I feel like instead of this little nerdy guy who claims he's Patton, I could see maybe the guy who does hardcore history, maybe it's reincarnation of Patton. I well, ge this General James Mattis, he would be, he's been, like, people have called him the present day Patton. He's okay. very serious. He's, like, he could play the part. I, I, okay, I didn't pick up what you were saying. I see. So his spirit is technically these two people at the exact same time. Yes, that is what Atun Ray has Got told you. Sim okay. Q. Okay, okay. So that he makes claims sense. that it's a split spirit. Okay, gotcha. That somehow McCall and General Mattis both have the spirit of Patton inside of them. So he wanted to be a war general as along with a probable virgin who plays Xbox 360 most days of the week. Probably. I I do kind of think that Kevin Dyerson may have just forgotten that he had told SimQ about Patton being in McCall's body. And he just said, oh, yep, of course, General James Mad Dog Mattis. That's the, you know, that's Patton. So, mm, okay, gotcha. I think it might have been that situation. And then Kevin Dyerson was just kind of thinking on his feet. And as Otten Ray told SimQ that there was split spirits. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's kind of what I yeah. think might be happening. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he's a quick thinker. Yeah, I mean, you probably figured it out that I'm I'm not too convinced on Atun Ray, but... Yeah. I, I'm not... Okay, Mr. Dyerson maybe not convinced about him, but it's very interesting that Patton was speaking about this shit a long time ago. Yeah, no, I mean, that is the interesting part of that story, really, is that General Patton himself believed that he was reincarnated from all of these past soldiers. That yeah. he believed he was from a long line of soldiers. Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah. So another one I'm going to jump into quick is a famous person believing that they were reincarnated from a historical figure, and that is Tina Turner. And she has claimed many times in the past to be the reincarnation of Egyptian queen, I'm going to say this very wrong, Hapsashutz. <laughs> had and so even vacationed in Egypt many times to be closer 
to the depictions of the queen and at one time wanted to find her former form's mummy. That's what I was just going to ask was if these people who claim to be reincarnated as whatever, say Tina Turner's the queen, if she was to look upon the body of her alleged former self, would anything happen? Would memories come running back? Like what, you know? I imagine she did claim that when she saw like the statues, the likenesses of the queen, that she did get a feeling of like being at home, like being back, having that feeling of the queen again. Hmm, very interesting. So in 1977, Tina Turner visited a psychic named Carol Dreyer, who read her soul aura and claimed that Turner was the Egyptian queen, and that Turner was supposed to use this lifetime to make up for mistakes that she had made during her incarnation as Queen Hatshepsut. So, if we're so Tina Turner spirit allegedly must have been kind of on vacation for a long goddamn time. If she went from that queen to Tina Turner, it's a long time period. Yeah, that is thousands of years of vacation in the spirit realm, just kind of chilling out up there. Hmm, okay. So she also thinks that her ex-husband, Ike, is the reincarnation of the III, who was the queen's stepson. And this is because of how the III destroyed the mouth and nose of the portrayals of the queen to keep her silent in death. And this goes along with how ancient Egyptians believe that the statues had the power to communicate with the living. Now, this matches how her ex-husband would punch Tina in the face, in her nose and mouth especially. And the third was once prevented from taking power by the queen. That's an interesting connection because, as we know, Ike Turner is a fucking asshole. Yeah, I, there's... I, I had to look him up just to remember quite, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, he is a piece of shit. Yeah. So another one going to run into is Anne Frank. So there is also the story of Barbara Collin, who, from the time that she could speak, claimed that her parents were not her real parents and that they would be coming to pick her up soon. She also would claim that her name was Anna Frank. Barbara Collin and Anne Frank share many similarities they share them in the face, along with being prodigies in the field of writing, with Barbara having many books published in her teen years. And it's very famous that Anne Frank was an extremely gifted writer, right. even in her young years, hmm. her being as young as she was. Well, I mean, the parents thing, I'm kind of like a lot of kids say that to their parents. They're like, there's no way I'm actually related to these two people who claim to be my parents. I think everybody's felt that way at some point, but, you know, I, I don't yeah. know. You know what I you, mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Usually it goes away pretty quick, though. Yeah, you think, like, I'm not like my parents, and then you grow up and you're like, holy shit, I have turned into my parents. Yeah, exactly. You, <laughs> you figure that out pretty quick. Yeah. So... Barbara Collins was born eight years after Anne Frank had died, and when Barbara began making these claims, Anne Frank's diaries had not yet been translated and published in Sweden. Now, Barbara's parents did not at all believe their daughter until the diary of Anne Frank was published in Sweden, and the diary was a match to Barbara's account of being Anna Frank. So this is confirmed that she was claiming this 
prior to them finding Anne Frank's diary? According to everything that I read that either came out of like news articles about Barbara or the stuff that SimQ wrote about Anne Frank and Barbara Collin, according to all of that, it hadn't come out yet. Okay. And they did know about it. That's what I should say. The parents didn't know about it yet. That is super interesting, actually. Yeah. So Barbara Collins was taken on vacation around Europe at the age of 10. And when they went to Amsterdam, Barbara took her family straight to the Anne Frank Museum. Now, when in the room that Anne Frank slept in, Barbara pointed to a wall and said that the pictures of the movie stars were still up on that wall. However, when her mother looked at where she was pointing, they weren't there. And when she told Barbara that there weren't any pictures up on the wall, Barbara got very upset. Now, Barbara's mother asked one of the museum workers about the pictures on the wall. And the worker said that there used to be pictures of movie stars on that wall, but visitors to the museum kept touching and damaging them. So the workers took them down so that they could be later put under a glass protective case. And after this, her parents believed her story. After the publishing of Barbara Collins' book about being the reincarnation of Anne Frank, Anne Frank's only surviving relative wanted to meet Barbara, but told the publisher not to tell Barbara who he was or that he was the president of the Anne Frank Foundation, only that he was a fan of Barbara's childhood writing. They came to the man's house for dinner, and Barbara's publisher told her to knock on the door. And when Barbara and the man who related to Anne Frank met, they instantly recognized each other and became lifelong friends after only a couple hours of speaking. Really? Okay, so this is probably the most compelling one so far. Yeah, this is, I really, I can't believe I've, I think I might have heard a little bit about someone claiming to be Anne Frank's reincarnation, but whenever you you just hear like that little bit, you always think, oh, they're just full of shit. You know, of I'm, course, they thought they were Anne Frank. I mean, now that you have mentioned that, I feel like I have heard that story before. And that is that's probably the most compelling one, as long as her parents are not involved in some long con with this whole thing. Yes. Yeah, that's I mean, I I did want to do some reincarnations from just normal people who thought that they were from the past. But really, it's. It didn't quite seem like a lot of them were either. It felt like a lot of their parents were coercing them or giving them positive feedback whenever they would claim to be like children from the past. It didn't quite seem real. Like a lot of them don't. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the risk with these things, you know? Yeah. Well, there's also a lot of children who at an or like an early age were introduced to these people or battles or historical events. And then when they start like speaking about what they know, someone takes it as, oh, they must be a reincarnation. Or the kid says, no, no, I was there. You know, something like that. Build on that positive reinforcement. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. So there are, uh, there's, there's quite a lot of, reincarnation stories on these websites those were kind of the bigger ones uh there are some other ones that i kind of liked but didn't really want to go too big into so 
there's one about Elon Musk and how he was reincarnated from Thomas Edison. Now, Elon Musk and Thomas Edison do have similarities in their face and also obvious similarities with their levels of intelligence. There's also Elon Musk and how he names everything after Tesla. And that could go along with how Edison screwed over Tesla in the past and his need to make things right. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying now. Very yeah. interesting. Although, There's another... I'll say, I'm going to say this. You know, I, I've over the past year, I've kind of changed... My feelings toward Elon have changed a little bit. I think his more bad side has came out a little bit. But uh, I guess Edison was a dick, too, as far as I know. So uh, I guess maybe that leads credence to it. But it is good yeah. that he named everything Tesla... And maybe he's making amends to Nikola Tesla. Maybe that is a thing. That would be great. That is true. Well, I mean, it's kind of like data from Star Trek. You can't really hate Elon Musk for the way he is. He's just an android. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's another one, and this one's a little bit funnier. Uh, there's a thing on the internet going around that Steven Seagal is reincarnated from a Buddhist monk, Turton. Chungdrad. So let me tell you this, Phil. You have mentioned famous people who have transferred to normal people, and this man has transformed into almost a literal god in Steven Seagal. That is true. He definitely <laughs> stepped up. This yeah. Tartan Chadrag, he has definitely stepped up his game in the whole spiritual realm situation. He went from being a peaceful, peaceful monk to a man who snaps people's necks on a regular basis. Well, that's the funny thing. So I didn't really write a ton out, ton down about this, but I just kind of remember a lot of it. So Steven Seagal claims that after his, like his trips to Asia and all of the things that he's learned, he wanted to use his martial arts and his movie career to spread peace throughout the world. And he's done that by kicking and shooting and punching like every bad, you know, in every bad movie that he's in doing all the fighting i've actually heard that he's actually like an asshole that's in what i life? in real life that's what i've heard like if you have him on your movie set you better be ready for a fucking stage five drama queen yeah it i mean there also is i guess you could call it maybe a conspiracy or a rumor more a rumor kind of sounds better there is a rumor going around that steven seagal may have paid off the people who were giving him the test to see if he was the previous monk. Okay. Yeah, that seems like something Seagal would do. Yeah. So another one that is just kind of funny that I'm not going to get into, there's a belief that John Lennon was reincarnated from Jesus. Okay. I guess those are from Beatles fans, maybe. <laughs> and uh, who's the guy who killed him? Oh, I do not remember that he, guy's he name. He would be Judas then. He could be Judas, there yeah, reincarnated, or Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate, yes, there he is. Hell yeah. yeah. So there's another one, and I did write down a little bit more about this one, because I really like this one. So there is a theory, and this one is actually pretty good uh, if you're not really a Trump fan. <laughs> so it claims that you can compare pictures of Russian President Vladimir Putin and Julius Caesar, and that they are very similar. Also, the two have very similar personality traits. 
Now, the article also states that you can do the exact same thing with a bust of Emperor Nero and Donald Trump. And supposedly these two look very similar. They are both very, very vain individuals and have a need to construct great buildings. Here's the interesting thing. Well, either the scary thing, too, is because obviously Nero brought an end to uh, uh, Rome. Now, is Nero the schizophrenic one? Was he, the- he is. I mean, there were a lot of like stories made up about him, too. A lot of propaganda, anti-Nero propaganda. But I believe he's the one who played the liar while Rome burned. Okay, I know that was one of the stories that followed him. I I just heard somebody talking about a Roman emperor who, like, they didn't know it at the time, but it's very clear that he had extreme mental psychosis or something because he was doing like the craziest shit, dancing naked in the street or like cutting pieces of himself, just like the wildest shit. I didn't know. I couldn't remember if that was Nero, or if that was somebody else. I don't know if that's Nero, but I have heard of a like a Roman emperor who was doing that shit. So. Well, uh, you'll have to post a picture of Trump and Nero side by side. Yeah, I'm going to post a picture of all, like, a lot of these people side by side. Hell yeah. Some of the similarities, the only bad similarity is actually that James McCall and General <laughs> Patton. That's actually the worst one that I've seen. So <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, they look nothing alike. But So when SimQ asked Atun Ray about the similarities... He said that Nero was obsessed with the legacy of Julius Caesar, and that is why Donald Trump seems to be enamored with Vladimir Putin. It's because of his past life's spirit's love of Putin's past life spirit, Julius Caesar. So are you saying we could fix history if Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin got married and just fell in love with each other and had a romantic sexual relationship with each other if they just moved away to a farm the whole world might be just a little bit better all the uh all the naughty spankings they can give each other and ride horses around and (laughs) comb each other's hair and yeah yeah riding horses shortless hell yeah now of course i'm gonna leave you guys with a list of things that will help you to figure out if you have in fact been reincarnated from a person from the past. And these are nine signs that your soul has been here before. I found this on a website, and I'm going to give that website just a little bit of credit. www.powerofpositivity.com slash nine signs soul reincarnation. Okay, so it's got to be 100% factful then. Let's go. Yeah, definitely. Number one, you tolerate suffering better than other people. Number two, you can remember your past lives. That's a pretty important one. Yeah, yeah. Right there. Number three, you no longer feel that time is important. Number four, you feel out of place, but you can't put a handle on it. Number five, you use the law of attraction to get what you want. Number six, you are self-aware. Number seven, you have excellent intuition. Number eight, you are more empathetic. And number nine, you act with a larger perspective in mind. So this is basically kind of, if you read through it, it kind of seems like it's making like weirder people feel like maybe they have some kind of grand purpose. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I could think about uh, six, maybe seven of those that I can kind of relate to, but... Uh, I'm assuming most people can probably relate to them at some point. 
Yeah, I think it's kind of like astrology, how no matter what, you're always going to find something that fit, like fits you in that statement. Well, I can tell you one thing. I'm pretty certain I haven't seen a picture of him, but I'm going to say Mr. McCall does not fall under the use the rules of attraction. Oh, yeah. Have you ever read <laughs> The Secret? Of Attraction? Yeah, well, the book The Secret. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's uh it's a it's a little weird. It's basically you ask the universe what you want and it comes to you. That's the law of attraction. Oh, okay. So Cody, I have to ask, how are you feeling about this particular conspiracy about reincarnation? What would you give it on the scale of believability? Would you give it to Neil deGrasse Tyson? I mean, yeah, I think I would give it 50-50, but here's the thing. A lot of these stories are very compelling, but seems to be the deep down need in all humans to try to find some sort of importance or relevance in life. I feel like that's kind of leading into this um, because obviously that is a big thing with religion, right? You're trying to find out what happens after you die. You're trying to figure out why you're here in the first place. And technically this is kind of falling right into line with all of that. You're giving purpose to your life. Now, what I will say is I would believe this is more possible of happening than over a lot of religions, I would say. I would say reincarnation is probably a more spiritual belief I would lean towards more than any of the other ones. That's what I would say. So who's to say whether they're telling the truth or not? I don't really know. Um, it's They could be or they couldn't be. So yes, technically a 50-50 chance. What do you think, Phil? I think it, just like you, I do think that it does have, I mean, just as much validity that this could be happening as that there are some sort of heaven and hell that you go to. Even though in this theory, there is like a spiritual realm that your body goes to that like waiting to be recycled into another body. I mean, you could even easily fit this into Christian, like Christian belief. All you have to do is just add the Christian idea of heaven with the idea that souls come back to earth. So it wouldn't be that far of a stretch. I do like the thought of the idea of reincarnation being put into or a mainstream religion forming around it and almost like a new type of thinking comes about it. Like he was talking about like right away at the beginning of the episode in his in the previous podcast that I was talking about. Yeah. I do kind of like the idea that we are changing away from like this like a god-based religion more to a spirit-based religion. Yeah, that's a good point actually. And it's <laughs> the funny thing is it's ironic that you kind of are talking about all of this stuff because kind of what I'm preparing for next week kind of deals with a lot of spirituality stuff as well. So it kind of that's been like fresh on my mind all day today because I've been looking at all of that stuff. So it's very interesting. They talk a lot about essentially, I don't know if it's the universe or the earth going through cycles of spirituality and non-spirituality. So it's very interesting um, in that thought. So, yes, yeah. also known as the Reagan years, <laughs> Reaganomics kill or no, did Reaganomics <laughs> bring in the God or did it take away the God? We don't know. It it uh it supposedly jump started Christianity after the Kennedy years. Well, uh Phil, we've been going for a while here, so let's just do this. Mr. Universe, let's use the laws of attraction. 
We want you to make Subliminal Deception Podcast the number one conspiracy podcast on the internet and bring us lots of fans and fame, please. Anyway, if uh, anybody wants to tell us where they have had their previous lives, where can they do that? They can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. They can also reach out to us on Instagram at Subliminal Deception Podcast. We have, I am telling the truth this time, we have actually gotten a ton of good response Hell from our yeah. past few episodes. We've gotten a ton more downloads. We are out of the COVID funk. So thank you, everyone who has helped us out. We've really, like our podcast has really rallied and it's all thanks to you guys. So thank you. Hell yeah. Yeah, you can find my digital spirit on Instagram at Cody's above if you want. Uh, yeah, give me a follow, chat with me. Uh, enjoy some of my crazy conspiracy people memes I post constantly, which are really fun. Uh, otherwise, yeah, we need you to log on to iTunes, leave the show a five-star review, type in who you were previous who you lived in a previous lives hit five five star button whatever just do that it helps out the show a ton otherwise if you're a spotify user just hit the follow button you get a you get a notification every time a new episode drops on friday mornings so you're always informed when there is a new episode launch well thank you phil i think you've done a terrific job this was a Super interesting episode. I think a lot of people are going to be kind of thinking about their own spirituality or maybe thinking about uh, these people. Maybe they'll write Mr. McCall saying, you are not Mr. Patton. It is definitely the actual other badass mad dog guy. Definitely. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, also, I really quick wanted to say thank you to all of the great suggestions that we've gotten in the past couple of weeks. There was one uh, about... Helltown in Ohio. I thought it was Pittsburgh at first, but no, it's a Helltown in Ohio, and I'm definitely going to be doing that one in the future, so thank you. Fuck yeah, that sounds metal as shit. Anyway, guys, we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. 